Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot podcast, the podcast that's hosted by me, Brandon. It's Monday in the music room. It's the Monday where Brandon talks about all the crazy, wild, fun stuff that happened to him over the week. Not a whole lot happened, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Got some ketamine stuff. Got some stuff that happened in the news that's relevant to the ketamine stuff. And then got the lost update. Not a whole lot. We'll see where we go. I think the last time I said there's not a whole lot, and I ended up going for like almost an hour, like an hour and 45 minutes. So whatever, man. It's going to be a good time. So that means if you've liked what you've heard, you spread a good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster Eight the Pilot. Watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. Uh, we've got Thursday. We've got Sports Talk stuff. Make sure you go back and check out the old Sports Talk stuff. If that's what you're into. Make sure you go back and check out the old episodes and stuff like that if you're so inclined to hear where this journey started or where it's going or where it's been. It's going to be a great time. Um, been kicking around ideas for stuff, and it might be happening. And by that, maybe. You never know. Um, where should we start? Where should we just go ahead and jump into it? Listen, I've actually got more time than I think. I think, yeah, it's not even 10 o'clock yet, so I've got time, especially with the AI stuff, with the uh, writing my uh, descriptions and doing my chapters for me. I've got so much time now. I do have to say, though, no music this week in terms of, like, songs or anything like that. I thought about redoing the Menzinger stuff because I was listening to Menzingers on the way home, and I love the Menzingers. And I think when I talked about them last time, I got on like a crazy sideways tangent and I didn't do a great job of talking about them. So I thought about re-talking about them. Then I decided not to. But yeah, Brandon had a doctor's appointment this week. And whatever, you know. Also, like everything I was listening to was like very similar to what I was listening to last week. Now, I worry one of that like huge love letter to Ruby and Carlos by James McMurtry. I'm like, well, I could just pick another McMurtry song because I've been listening to him a lot this week. Or I could, you know, go back to songs I've already talked about. Like, I was listening to some PQ, PQ, PQ this week and stuff like that. But I'm like, yeah, I've already done that. So, you know, that's the thing with the music. It's going to come and go. Like, there's times when I don't listen to much music where I'm listening to, like, a lot of what I just had listened to or what I just talked to you about. So there's no reason to. I'm thinking about kind of switching it up a little bit, maybe doing a deep dive into a band. Like, oh, this is one of my favorite bands. And it's, like, top five songs from them or something like that. Just, like, just doing different things. Still having songs of the week when it's app. Huh. Deep breath. I've got a big old yawn happening. It's a big yawn. Big boy. He's just a big boy. Tired boy. Not sure where that's coming from, but I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. It's a good time. It's a great time being Brandon. Right? got to check something on my phone because I forgot about it. Yeah, of course I did. Ugh. Gross. Well, shoot. What's happening here? Getting sidetracked. Uh, focus up, Brandon. Focus up. Um, yeah, I had a doctor's appointment this week. Everything seems good. My blood pressure was way down, like in like pretty good range. Um, I don't have like bad, like high blood pressure or anything like that. But usually that first number, the top number, sits right on the cusp of like slightly high, where it's like, eh, you know, it's a little bit up there. But then no, it was like lowest has been a long time. So good for me. Took my blood, gave me the flu shot. Whatever, dog. Whatever, man. I guess I'm healthy somehow. I'm fat, but whatever. We're dealing with that. Made myself chicken tonight. Some grilled, ch- not grilled chicken. Some chicken. Not fried. There we go. <laughs> What's happening? This is a show. Uh, let's jump into the ketamine stuff. Um, Some of you, if you're listening... Maybe got a text message from Brandon in the middle of a ketamine dream. <laughs> this one was crazy. This was probably the most intense it's ever felt. Um, that's after having like a pretty, like, one where I was too tired to take it. Or I was too tired and I should, probably shouldn't have done the session then. But I was so, like, kind of frustrated of not being able to do it before that I just went with it. Um, I did it this past Friday and, oh, my God, man. All of it was about rhythm. about um my issues in terms of gaining and sustaining a rhythm. Like, you know, I'll do things. I'll start doing like good habits. I'll start doing yoga, which I did yoga a couple times last week and I've already fell out of that. Got to get back into it, do it right after the show. Um, and like some other things that I'll try, like, Oh, I'm going to eat healthy or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, do that, you know, do all these good ideas, good habits. And I always feel like I'll stop just shy of it, making it a habit. Like I'll lose the rhythm. Like that's my issue is I, will lose rhythm and it's really hard for me to get back and maintain that rhythm. And that's what I was feeling. 
Um, I was told it looked like I was doing Tai Chi in my chair because I was moving so much. Like my hands kept like going up like with big breaths. I was like going along with the music or something. I was like wild because I I can tell that I'm moving, but I don't know how much I'm moving or if it's I'm actually moving or not. Because there's times where uh, a few times ago it felt like my arms weighed a thousand pounds and I couldn't move them. And I was like trying to, but I'm like, I don't know if you can actually see me trying to do anything. Uh, so I don't know how much it actually sees. Cause like I said, I'm under sleep mask and I'm tripping balls. And in that moment, that's tripping of tripping at a certain point about, I don't know how long into it. Once again, dude, time, time goes, time is gone. Like I get, God, my upstairs neighbor likes to drop stuff every, like at nine 45 or nine 47, every single night, he's got to drop something like, just drop it. It's always at the same time. And it's always the same noise. Like, I don't know what he's doing, but it drives me crazy. Also, he loves listening to his TV as loud as possible for some reason now. That's just started in the last few months, but whatever. You deal with it. This place, for what it is, is unbelievably cheap, so I'll stay here forever. And he'll just deal with it. <laughs> I'll start listening to my music at 4 o'clock in the morning start blaring it. Like Lauren used to way back in the day. Lauren used to do that on Summit Street. Like, he'd come home, like, drunk at 3 o'clock in the morning and feel like listening to Pearl Jam. And just start blaring it at 3 o'clock in the morning. We had downstairs neighbors. Also, I was trying to sleep. <laughs> that degenerate. LL Cool K, man. You say a lot of things about him. But degenerate is one you should definitely be calling him. Um, no, I get like in my ketamine dream or state or whatever. I start seeing my like a lot of my friends. A lot of the friends I have neglected over the years. I talked about it way back. Probably the very first episode. I talked about how much I'm really bad at staying in touch with people. So people will fall by the wayside. And I don't talk to him as much, or I kind of let him um, fade away, let our like our really good friendship like fade away, or something like that. And I started thinking about them, and it basically was dawning on me—not dawning. It was basically me telling myself that I've tried to do so much in terms of like taking care of myself or taking care of things by myself. I've always prided myself and not needing help, and not um, that I can do it. I have the power to do it myself. And while that's great, doing things great by yourself can be a great thing and be a very empowering thing. Excuse me. It's also a very exhausting thing. Like constantly dealing with everything by yourself is exhausting, especially when you don't have to, which is my thing. I have so many friends that I consider just the best people imaginable. I'm so glad to have had them in my life that... I have not taken advantage of the fact that I have strong like friends, strong people in my life that I could seek great advice from. And that's what I was experiencing. And I'm seeing all these people that I haven't I don't talk to quite as much anymore. Some of them I haven't talked to in years. Like we used to hang out like multiple times a week, not just because we work together or anything like that, but just because we liked hanging out with each other. And I decided in that because I I'd kind of experienced that a little bit before in one of the older trips. Like, well, I think like first or second one, I had like these type of same feelings about these people I'd neglected. And instead of like, I get the feeling in like when I'm in the experience of like, I should text these people. I need to reach out to these people. I should do it. But then when I come out of it, the want to, the, um, that spark is gone and I don't quite have the motivation to do it or I start getting a little too, um, self-conscious about it like it'd be so weird just to text people out of nowhere this random stuff or you know and also like i'm not a big texter everybody knows me i'm not somebody who texts all the time you text me i'm like what what do you want what's the point of all this <laughs> so i decide to pull myself out of the trip early and by doing that i'm not like completely like you don't like you take a sleep mask off and all of a sudden you're just good like you're still kind of having some experiences you're just not experiencing them as intense but you still kind of have the same type of feeling where you're not quite as attached to reality so i come out of that i sit for like a second i pick up my phone and i start texting like crazy i text so many people i texted probably 15 to 20 different people if you didn't get a text from me my apologies it's probably because by the time i got to you i started getting a little more self-conscious about everything or I just don't like you. So your choice. <laughs> now I start texting. So there's some people that text me back. I'm like, I actually don't remember texting them. Cause I just started firing away. Like I fired off. Like, like I said, 15, 20 people got like, um, 
very complimentary text from Brandon. <laughs> just <laughs> like I said, some people like I haven't talked to since uh, there are some Bear Burger coworkers I did this to that I haven't talked to since Bear Burger closed over three years ago. Like, um, yeah, I texted them. I texted friends that I haven't seen for a while or just friends. I don't like tell that, you know, I love, or I tell them how much they mean to me or how much I cherish like their friendship or cherish their presence. I don't tell them that ever. I let them know that and felt really good to do that. It felt really good to do that. And also it was really funny the next morning when I do check that phone. I'm like, I texted them. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> or I see one. I'm like, oh, yeah, I lied to them. I don't like them at all. <laughs> nah, I love my friends. They're great people. They're all great people. They're all wonderful people. But it was like I said, it was nice to actually do that for people. There are some of you that didn't get them because you kind of know it already. Or I see you all the time. So I don't have to like say stuff like this. Like I didn't text Jake. I didn't take that text like Jeff Mundo. Definitely did text that degenerate Lauren Keller. You know, I didn't text like my family or anything like that. It was just like a lot of them was just people I don't interact with as much anymore. And also just, excuse me, also people I don't let, I don't let them know this very often. You know, it was cool. It was cool. It was, I think, a really good thing for me to do because now it's out there, you know, now I'm just capitalizing on it, capitalizing on the good momentum. Uh, that was the end of my first, I guess program with Mindbloom, the first six sessions. Um, I've already signed up for an 18, 18 more sessions. So figure out how that's all going to work. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm about to go into probably some people have seen some stuff, news about ketamine in the past few days. Uh, I'm going to try and set your mind these and hopefully I'm not going to speak ill of the dead, but you know, we'll talk about it. But no, I've really enjoyed it. I've liked the integration like parts of it. Um, I feel very supported. I like the feelings I get out of it. I feel very on the front foot on things when I'm really in it. Also, it's just such a different experience for me. It's nice to experience something completely out of my comfort zone like I have. Um, shows me that, you know, not to be scared of stuff, man. Don't be so scared. I don't think I'm ever really that scared, but it's just, you know, putting myself out there a little bit more. And hopefully... Hopefully, I can start doing the better building block stuff and be more consistent with it and gain the rhythm that I kept seeing that. Also, apparently, I kept saying the word rhythm repeatedly, <laughs> like on rhythm. They said, like, uh, like they're sitting with me. It's like, yeah, you just kept saying rhythm, like every, like almost like to a beat. Like you just kept saying rhythm, 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 rhythm. Like I just kept saying it over and over and over again. They said for like two minutes, you just set it straight and then you stopped. And then you went back to doing Tai Chi or whatever the hell you're doing. Laying down in the chair Tai Chi. <laughs> God, I should take videos of this and see how wild it actually is. Uh, no, but the stuff you should be seeing probably in the news about ketamine and ketamine therapy or whatever. Um, I didn't talk about it because I really don't care about the TV show. Also, I lost a lot of respect for the person when they basically wished death upon Keanu Reeves for no reason, just for a nice little uh, quib to have in his uh, autobiography. Also, I mean, you know, um, what's his face? Matthew Perry. Uh, he died a few weeks ago, a month ago, however long ago. Yeah. But don't forget that he literally wished death on Matt, uh, Keanu Reeves for like no freaking reason. Um, don't forget that, you know. Same time, don't want to overjudge him. He was somebody who had demons, you know, addiction problems, you know, opioids, alcoholism. It's all sucky. It's all like really tough stuff. I don't, you know, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for his family. He uh, died in a jacuzzi. Um, they're saying it's due, it's like complications from ketamine. Mm, I, let's put this, let's see. Ketamine is an anesthetic. As in, it makes you kind of drowsy, tired, um, a little off and um non-present like dissociative like i said like a couple weeks ago when i took it like too late and i was tired i basically felt like i had went to sleep and like i was actually kind of out of it and i may have kind of fallen asleep a little bit um it's something that kind of really numbs you and turns your motor down a lot so if you really take a lot of it it's just knocking you out i mean that's part of it's in an anesthetic and stuff like that that they put give you in like surgery if i'm thinking correctly um 
when I take it, I have a person here with me to make sure nothing does go like wrong. Cause you can spike your heart rate a little bit or not heart rate. You're like kind of blood pressure can spike from it. Um, that's why you're supposed to take your blood pressure before you do every session. Make sure it's not high already. Um, so basically what happened was Matthew Perry, I guess, took some ketamine. He was in a jacuzzi and they said he, the ketamine knocked him out, which basically means he fell asleep. And then he drowned in the jacuzzi. Ketamine didn't kill him. Drowning killed him. You know, it's, I don't know. I feel like there's a weird way they have written these articles about ketamine on this death and making it seem like it's the problem. It's like, oh, if he wasn't, it's like, nah, it was also, like I said, he was a long-term drug addict. Um, he had been through multiple recoveries. I think he was, I can't remember how sober he had been before his death. Um, probably didn't do great things to his heart and stuff like that. Um, probably caused issues that, yeah, it's just, I don't know. The ketamine was not mostly a problem. Also, I don't take it in a dose enough that it should not ever knock me out. I'm not sure what he took. I don't want to, you know, guess or anything like that. But really, ultimately, don't do ketamine and get into a water because it can knock you out. And in the water, you're not going to just wake up. You'll just drown. And that's exactly what happened. So the ketamine didn't cause a heart failure. It didn't cause him, like, it just... It was part of it, but it's more. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not. I'm trying not to speak ill. Um, it's irresponsible use. It, you know, that's like also good for me to see. As weird as it is to say that, and kind of gross for me to say that. Sorry. Um, why I can't do this stuff by myself? Because I've thought about that. I'm like, man. Because sometimes it's hard to get like schedules right to have people watching me get high. <laughs> trip uh then i'm like well i don't move around all i do is just sit here for an hour i can do this and people don't have to be here for it and now she's like well something can go wrong you know it is like beating it is like kind of knocking your system down but i don't know it's just um i don't know it's, it's weird it's a weird thing it's a weird thing i do like you know I feel horrible for his family and stuff like that. I feel horrible for him as well, as much as I really dislike that Keanu Reeves thing. Um, I don't know. Still, like, ketamine is safe. Like, the worst thing is really a headache or um, nausea if you accidentally swallow some. I don't ingest it. That's the whole point. Like, don't ingest it. One, it takes makes it last longer. And it can make you feel very sick. So I don't ingest it. And I also have people with me, you know? So... They made it seem like the ketamine is what killed him. It's not the ketamine making him fall asleep because either maybe he took too much, maybe he was too tired when he took it, maybe it was mixed with something else, or he was just, you know, just, yeah, like I said, like when I took it when I was tired, I felt like I think I did fall asleep. So maybe that's what happened, and he fell asleep in a body of water, and he drowned because of it. Ketamine didn't kill him. Drowning killed him, and he didn't get knocked out. He fell asleep. That's the way I read it. It's like, mm, yeah, this, it puts you to sleep. It's an anesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Then I'm not a medical person. I'm not a medical person. And that's why whenever you do ketamine therapy and stuff like that, you meet with um, a clinician before you even start, before you even get the pills. And they make sure this is something that you can do physically. Like, you know, they, they take readings. They t do all this stuff. They look into your history of your... um your medical history and stuff like that because they're not going to give you something that they think might do harm if you have something that can trigger because of the ketamine. So I don't know. I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of negative articles in the next like week or so as people who really like the really garbage nineties television show called friends, like read this. And I'm not trying to hate on him. I, I liked some of the stuff he did as long as it wasn't friends because friends was trash and it is trash. Sorry. I don't know. I'm getting really like kind of focused in on how much that show sucked. <laughs> Sorry. You love David Schwimmer though. Um, that also it's just the cult like stuff of online, like of just being online. You have to love a show. It's like the Swifties and it's like people who love the office so much. I love the office, but Jesus, come on guys, get a different personality. It's like Swifties as well. It's just like, you guys are really weird. You're being really weird. Like it, this is not healthy to love something that much i you know springsteen is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me musically i don't uh, it's gross when you see some of the swifty stuff man i don't know what am i talking about i'm getting lost here i'm getting very lost 
<laughs> whatever I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still recommend ketamine. I mean, talk about it with your therapist. Talk about it with your uh, talk about it with clinician. Talk about it with your doctor. Um, you know, my doctor didn't even mention anything about it. It was only thing is like, yeah, I do ketamine now. He didn't even talk about it. So I don't think he cares. Talking about my ADHD, he's like, you want to do something about it? I'm like, I mean, what do you mean do something about it? Is that all you're gonna ask me, dog? <laughs> you want to ask me some other stuff, or see if there's other things we can do? I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I want to see how this works before I guess we make that decision. He's like, okay, see you in six months. I'm like, I'm glad you got paid there, pal. <laughs> oh man, excuse me. I ate like not too long before I started the podcast. Now I got the burps. <sighs> Anyways. I don't know, man. I don't have great takes. Especially on something with actual, like, stuff behind it. You know what I mean? Um, I feel fantastic with it. Um, you know, without actually knowing the dosage that was in his system. Because, like they said, he's like, oh, he'd done a session like a week and a half before. And it's like, yeah, it wouldn't still be in his system. It takes like three or four hours for it to go away. <laughs> so he did ketamine. It seemed like he did an unguy uh, an, a, um, if he got the ketamine from you know, a, a uh, therapy service, therapeutic service, whatever they will call it. Seems like he took it on a non-scheduled day and like he hadn't like had a session. He didn't do a session. He just decided to do it. It made it like, well, at least that's what it looks like. And then that's what happened. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. So I really do have issues with that Keanu Reeves quote. It's, I think I've talked about it before, but it's just so ridiculous. One, people love Keanu. Not just like fans. Like just every norm they normal people, every even actors talk about like he's just stupidly nice. Like he's like the nicest guy ever. It's like he's not Hollywood at all. He's complete he's just he's so different than everybody because he's genuine. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh yeah, we lose these guys, but we still have Keanu Reeves around. And it's like, fuck off. You know? Why does that bother me so much? I don't know. I guess it's just like uh, that whole idea of like celebrity being out of touch with actual reality. Like you definitely saw that during the pandemic when like, you know, they're making that stupid Imagine video and you're like, shut up. This isn't about you. <laughs> like, you know, or them sitting in their, you know, mansions like 100% fine because they know they never have to work again because they've made so much money off us. And, you know, us sitting there trying to figure out, I was like, how am I going to pay bills? What happens if I die? Like, who's going to take care of my family? Who's going to take care of this? If I have, if I get sick, what's going to happen to this or that? When do I go back to work? What happens if my landlord kicks me out? Celebrities don't have to worry about that because that's all paid for. They have more money than they ever know what to deal with. And I don't know. The whole cult of celebrities gotten weird. Money's gotten weird. It's getting stupid. Everything's stupid. Why is everything so stupid all the time? Why can't this world just be intelligent like Brandon? And just tell his friends that, hey, I cherish you. <laughs> this is a weird show. I have such a weird show on my hands. And it might be getting bigger. Um, I have ideas here. I know I've talked about it in the past about bringing Marta, Jake's lady, onto the show so we can talk about The Rock with Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, and Ed Harris. Uh, doing a deep dive into that movie. And it made me start thinking about like other movies I absolutely love. And like it started giving me ideas. I'm like, why don't I do that? Like instead of just doing straight up guest episodes where I bring in like people and talk about life, which is great. I love those episodes. I love doing that. That's so much fun. I need to start getting back on that again, get more people on the show that um, I would love to do that. Like movies that I absolutely love, like bringing people that I know love that movie too. And just talking about it and just like discussing like favorite scenes or favorite moments or least favorite moments or things we would change or just stuff like that. Just having a general talk about a certain topic of a film. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I might be trying to do that in the future, but I don't know. I don't know, man. Brandon reviews, monster to pilot reviews. I don't know, man. Celebrities are weird. They are odd people. Very odd. Rich people are worse. That's the, that's the issue is the rich. Eat the rich. And, you know, if you're poor and you're like, we shouldn't do that, how about this? 
Stop thinking you're going to be one of them. You're never going to be one of them. You're going to be poor forever. So eat the rich. <laughs> that's like, that's the thing is that I think that's the problem. Like when people vote against self-interest in terms of like, you know, making sure millionaires and billionaires get to keep their money is because they think that one day that'll be them. So they don't want people to take their money when they become rich. And it's like, but you're never going to be rich. So shut up. <laughs> Like me, I know I'm never going to be rich, you know, no matter how many, you know, what parlay I put together on a bet that might win me $200,000. It's never going to hit. Also, $200,000 is nothing, you know. I mean, it's something for me. It would be huge to win whatever it would be after taxes, even if they take like 80000 of it. That's like my thing is like, you know, the, I think I talked about the other day, that Shohei O'Donnell deal, making $700 million. I'm like, well, he's got to pay California taxes. I'm like, cool, do it. <laughs> I'd be fine. Give me seven hundred million dollars a year. I mean, you could take ninety nine percent of it, and I'd be just happy. Which ninety nine? If I'm thinking my math right, that's I'd still get seven hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year. I'd be fine. I'd be more than happy with seven hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, I don't know. When people just get so bent out of shape about taxing people, especially like the uber rich, and not just I don't know. It just that's where I lose it. It's like you don't get it. Like start doing the percentages. You know what I mean? Just start doing the percentages. And you're like, oh, that's like nothing. Wait, 1% of 700 million. That'd be 7 million, wouldn't it? Because you can take, if if it is 7, I, I don't know if I can do math. Times. 1%. Percent. Yeah, it's $7 million. So they take 99% of your income if you make $700 million and you make $7 million. Um, yeah, you can take even more of it if you wanted to. You could, t yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But no, Bob Iger needs to, you know, buy another mega yacht. Jeff Bezos needs to change the structure of the world to fit his mega yacht down a fucking canal. Sorry, is that the first F word I've said? That may be it. A half hour in. Whatever. What am I talking about? Getting lost in these rants. This is an absolute insane show. This is a weird show. But whatever, man. Whatever. Um, let's talk about Lost. <laughs> the Lost Odyssey continues as we almost... We're almost there. We're almost there. We've got just a few more episodes of Lost. We uh, have... Um, Happily Ever After, and we have Everybody Loves Hugo. I like both episodes. I like Happily Ever After a lot. Um, Everybody Loves Hugo was kind of cool-ish. I don't know. There are some fun meta jokes here that I don't think were supposed to be meta jokes. And there was one really funny part. It's also where the on-island stuff really starts falling apart as Everybody Loves Hugo. Everybody Loves Hugo. Like what they've set up, it's like basically they're setting all this stuff up and then they pay off some of it. And by paying off, they just basically like, shit, we don't have any time. So we got to get rid of this. <laughs> they just get rid of it. Um, Happily Ever After, this is a Desmond episode. I like this a lot more than I thought I was. I kind of forgotten almost all of it. Um, it doesn't pay off, if I'm thinking correctly. In The Last Recruit, maybe the candidate, I have to see which one's which. I think the candidate is the one. Where everybody dies. Anyway, it begins with Desmond being woken up in a room. And he's like, he's in the hospital. He's asking for Penny. He's asking for Charlie. His son, Charlie, not Charlie Pace, who we do get to see quite a bit of in this episode. We also get to see Minkowski, Mr. Fisher Stevens. And I was very happy for that. Actually, I was ecstatic about that. Um, Whitmore is like, yeah, I brought you back to the island. Desmond flips out and beats the crap out of him with an IV stand and they stop him. And then they're like, okay, we got to get this test running. And the Zoe chick's like, well, we can't. We're not even close to being ready. And they send some dude in there to do something and they accidentally turn on the machine and he gets basically burnt to a crisp because they blast him with electromagnetism. And you find out the test is that Desmond, she, he needs to confirm that Desmond can survive these electromagnetic bursts. And... They turn it on on him. They try the test out on him. Jen did a funny thing, which doesn't make sense. It's not something to complain about, but I always think it's funny. Jen had ran out there to like see what happened in the thing where the guy got burned up. And then um, 
they put Desmond in there and lock him in. So then Jen inside is complaining about what they're about to do to Desmond. I'm not going to let you do this. It's like, if you're not going to let them do that, why did you walk back inside and then start complaining? Why didn't you complain outside when they were beating him up and tying him to a chair? You waited until you went inside. It's like, I can't let you do this. It's like, uh, you had plenty of time to do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just weird, but it's like, I don't know. It's just kind of a dumb thing, but whatever. Um, Desmond survives this whole thing. He breaks the chair. He's going crazy, but he survives the test. He ends up getting taken by Saeed and they go to lock at the end. That's the, that's the whole 2007 timeline. Most of this episode is in the flash sideways. Um, in the flash sideways, Desmond's in Los Angeles. He helps Claire with her bag and he offers her to give a ride, but he can't. And she's like, no, I'm fine. She's looking for her friends and all that. Um, that's when we get to see Minkowski as the driver, Fisher Stevens, always great. And then he goes back and it turns out he's working for Charles Widmore. He's Charles Widmore's right hand. He's his best fix it guy. And it's great. And he's telling about how, uh, he's mad that somebody got arrested. And he's like, his son plays classical music and he, likes to, he wants to infuse it with some rock music. And he got drive shaft to play it. And the basis for drive shaft got himself arrested on a plane. So he has to go get him out. And he does. It's Charlie. Charlie doesn't really care about anything anymore. And we'll get to find out why. He walks over to the bar, so they go over there and have a drink. And he tells him that, you know, he saw a cop on the plane. He's like, do you know about true love, man? What do you think about true love, dog? He's like, dog, don't tell me about true love, dog. It's weird dialogue. It's very weird dialogue, but whatever. Um, but he says he's on the plane, and he sees a cop. He sees a girl up there with handcuffs, and he knows he's got a cop beside her. Talk about Kate. He's like, he looks at me and he's like, I can tell he knows I'm holding. So he goes into the bathroom, basically to swallow the bag of heroin. So he doesn't get caught with it, whatever. And then as soon as he goes to swallow it, that's when they hit turbulence. He gets lodged in his neck. That's where he chokes. We saw this all in LAX. And he says he has this really intense death, near death experience where he sees a blonde girl on an island and blissful. And it's the greatest thing ever. And he knows he's in love and it's the best thing ever. And then he gets woken up by Jack when Jack saves his life. So he wants to die because he wants to go back to that. He's like, you know, this is, you know, like blah, 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 blah. So they're driving and then Charlie goes crazy, grabs the wheel, drives him into a marina. Um, and they're being drowning. So Desmond goes up, goes back under to get him out. And as he's trying to open the door, you get to see Charlie look over at him and put his hand up to the window. And that's when Desmond has his first flash where he sees the Knott's Penny's boat thing. And he's like, oh, what? You know, and then Charlie's like, you saw something. And they go to the hospital and Desmond gets put into a MRI machine. And he starts having these visions of Penny and he'd never met Penny. He doesn't know Penny exists in this timeline. And he starts like freaking out. He's like, I got to find the guy that I came, that came in here with. And they won't let him see him, even though they were in an accident together. I think it's kind of weird. It's like, got to be family. It's like we were in the accident together. Then Jack's there. And he's like, hey, man, can you get me in? And whatever. And then Charlie comes bursting down the hallway. He threw like somebody over a little cart and all this stuff. And he keeps saying repeatedly, none of this matters. None of this matters. And I'm like, are they being meta about this? Were they being meta back in the day on this by saying none of this matters? Because <laughs> ultimately this flash sideways kind of ends up not mattering at all. <laughs> he catches up with Charlie and he's like, see, let me see your hands. And he doesn't have the not Penny's boat thing. So he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, you must have saw something, blah, blah, blah. So he goes back and he tells Charles that he doesn't have Charlie. Charlie got away, blah, 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 blah. And he's mad. He's like, no, nah, you got to go tell Mrs. Widmore. Also, Charles said something about his son earlier. Talk about Daniel, um, which I don't think was ever confirmed that he, he was Daniel's like father and that him and uh, Penny are like half brother and sister. But I I think it was one of the things we all knew. I can't 100 percent remember. I like I knew it then, but I think this is the only time they've confirmed it. So he's got to go meet Eloise and it's cool. Eloise is all nice because he's like, oh, man, you've never met the boss's daughter. She's crazy. And then she's like super, super sweet to him and 100% fine that he couldn't get the drive shaft to come. And it's like, okay, whatever. But then he hears the name Penny on a, a charter for the show. He's like, excuse me, what's the name? And, and like, then Eloise gets really like, you're not supposed to, blah, blah, blah. She won't let him see the list. He's like, you're... You shouldn't be looking into this stuff. Like, basically, it's obvious that Eloise knows more about what the sideways is and what they're all doing there than, you know, everybody else. Then Desmond's going to leave. 
and he gets a knock on the door by a fedora-wearing, long-haired man named Daniel Faraday, who's actually Daniel Widmore. He's like, I think we need to talk. So they go over to the side. He starts talking about love at first sight. He says he saw this red-haired woman eating a candy bar here at the uh, chateau or wherever they're at, the local museum. And he's like, and he knew he loved her. Like, he already loved her, like, type of thing. He's like, then the next day, I woke up and I wrote this. And he pulls out his journal, and it's all these quantum mechanics and stuff like that. So he's like, he talked to a friend. He's like, you'd have to have been studying physics your entire life. Because in the Flash Sideways, Daniel is just a musician. He never done, he never had to do the physics stuff that his mom pushed him into in the real timeline. So he's like, oh. So he starts talking about it. It's like, you know, it's like, basically, imagine something horrible is about to happen. So you stop it, and let's say you set off, like, a nuclear bomb. And he's like, so you're wanting to set off a nuclear bombs? Like, no, I think I already have. As in, like, you know, he realizes that everything that they're actually in is not their true timeline. And, huh. and then he's like, so you're looking for somebody named Penny? He's like, that's my half sister. I can tell you exactly where to find her. So he goes to find her. They shake hands, and Desmond faints. And that's when we go back to the island. I've already talked about that. And then he's like, can we go get some coffee? She's like, yeah, sure. Meet me in an hour. He talks to old George Minkowski. He's like, can you give me the charter for everybody in 815? I got something to show him. And then that's when the episode ends. I like this episode a lot. It's always great to see uh, Desmond. Also, it's really cool to see Minkowski. A couple of the other people showed up. I thought the nurse was somebody for a second. I'm like, oh, who is she? But she's not anybody. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm dumb. Um, Great to see Minkowski. Great to see like Charlie and Desmond kind of back together and you start getting more into what the whole point of the flash sideways is. Cause at this point it was pointless. It was just showing you what, how different their lives were. And then this was like, oh, no, there's actually something going on here that ultimately ends up being pointless and whatever. It's still fun to watch as much as I kind of hate on it for being kind of pointless to the overall story. It still is fun to watch the sideways. And that's what the whole next episode is the best part, is actually the sideways. But whatever, we'll get there. Um, I'd probably give this episode a B plus. I like this episode a lot. Like, it's just, Desmond's really good. I, I've always liked him and Alan Dale, the way they play off each other. Um, I've always liked him and Charlie's dynamic. Like, just Ian, Henry and Cusick is just fantastic as a Desmond. And obviously, anytime you get him and Penny together, you're very happy. And you're just in love with Penny because she's so awesome. She's the best. She's probably, of all the chicks on TV shows that I've ever been in love with, she's number one. You know? She's the one. She is the one of my heart. Penny Whitmore. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just great. Uh, Happily Ever After is not as good as having Terno. Uh, I think that's still the best episode of the season so far. Uh, but it's up there. I think it's right there. I think it might be a little bit better than Dr. Linus. Which I found out, I completely forgot. Or actually, I don't know if I ever knew. But Mario Van Peebles, I don't know if you guys remember him or not. Uh, he's been in so many different things over the years. Um, you would know him if you saw him. Like, God, how many different movies has he been in? Let's just look it up real quick. I mean, just come on. Mario Van Peebles. Let's see. New Jack City. Oh, come on. Give me more than that. Which movie was he in? Heartbreak Ridge. Oh, I remember Heartbreak Ridge. He was in one of the Jaws movies. <laughs> one of the bad ones. New Jack City. Uh, wasn't he in one with... Uh, what's his face? I thought he was in a movie. John Singleton movie. Maybe I am far said... Carlito's Way, Rise to Power. I forgot about that movie. He's been in so much. But he uh, directed... Uh, what you call it? He was in 21... Oh, he's just an extra in 21 Jump Street, the show. But no, he was. he directed... An episode of Lost. <laughs> he directed Dr. Linus. <laughs> I did not know that. I was like, oh, cool. Good for him. He was an episode of Sons of Anarchy. I forgot about that. I didn't really care for that show that much. I gave it like one season. I was like, nah, not for me. Uh, so Desmond now has his mission in the Flash Sideways to wake everybody up. Basically what Charlie was telling him was that, you know, it's time for you to see things, man. He finally did. And he sees Penny. He sees the thing that mattered to him most in the real world. Penny. Not his son. Who cares? There's a point where uh, that's in, actually in the next episode. We'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I I like I liked it a lot. I don't know if there's a lot to say about it. I think it's really good. It's setting up the Desmond, you know, survives electromagnetism. They're going to use him to do something to keep Locke on the island. I guess is the plan. Um, I don't know if it's ever truly revealed what. I mean, I guess it is revealed what they're doing with Desmond with Widmore. Like in terms of I mean, how they end up doing it, I think I, I don't know. 
trying to remember what happens in future episodes. I kind of know what Desmond does. But whatever. We'll get there. Anyways. After Happily Ever After, we go to Everybody Loves Hugo. Hugo Reyes is the greatest guy in the history of the world, as this opening montage shows. He's gives he has a chicken franchise that's opened all over the world. He's one of the most charitable men in the like in the history of everybody. Everybody loves him. Also, Dr. Chang is the one who is giving uh Pierre Chang, Miles' dad, he's the one giving the intro for Hurley. And then him and his mom are outside. He's like, oh, you need a good woman. And he's like, ma, I don't need no good woman. He's like, oh, well, I've set you up on a blind date. So he goes there. The blind date stood him up. He's just eating chips by himself. And then who shows up? But Libby. There's another one we'll get to in a second. I'm like, I completely forgot he showed up in season six at all. I was happy to see him. Um, but she's there and she's like, she's telling him like that they know, they already know each other. And she was like, she couldn't explain why. And he's like, I, I don't remember you. But then his uh, doctor, the doctor from the nut house or the mental hospital, I should say, shows up and he's like, oh, you know, she's a resident. And then they, she gets taken away. So Hurley is like sad because he's like, oh, he very intrigued by the fact that she really liked him, and, but she's crazy. So he feels bad. So he goes and orders a whole bunch of chicken. Sam Levison's here. Yeah, or Sam, not Levison, Sam Levine. Who's you know not another teen movie, I think Freaks and Geeks, um, what you would call it. He did the voice in uh, Wet Hot America Summer of the the Beekeeper, the radio guy. He's been in so many things. You're like, oh yeah, that kid. Um, he's in this episode for a second, and then earlier it was a whole bucket of chicken. Desmond's there, and Desmond starts talking to him. He's like, oh, every woman's crazy sometimes. I'm like, eh, 2010 guys, what's up? Um, but Desmond's like, did you feel like you knew her? And he's, he was like, I maybe, I don't know. You know? So he goes to the Hill, 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 Santa Rosa Mental Hospital where he used to stay. But he doesn't know that. He never actually went there. And he gets to meet Libby again. Uh, you see, what's his face? The guy, who, the numbers guy. What was his name? Oh, I forget his name. I forget his name. You see him, but he's not saying the numbers anymore. <sighs> Excuse me. I'm tired. Um... He starts talking to Libby, and Libby is all, you know, he's like, you don't remember me, and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, they start talking, and she says, like, I feel like, it's like, it was like, I saw, like, I saw you on TV, then I saw us, like, after a plane crash, and we got to know each other, we, like, we were going on a date, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. And then, uh, so he's like, eventually he's like, well, do you ever get like a day pass? And then we get to find out why Libby's in the mental hospital. But at the same time with the flash sideways, is this really why she was in the mental hospital? I don't know. She's like, I'm here. It's like, I'm, um, what was it? I check basically, I check myself in, you know what I mean? I'm here of my own free will. I, I, you know, it's like, oh, it's like, huh? But yet the doctor like won't let you talk to people. It's just kind of it's kind of dumb. I don't think that's the way they set up Libby and Dave when you find out she's also in the hospital with Hurley. She seemed really out there, gone bonkers. So I don't know. It just it's, it feels weird. Um, if she was there on a free will, but whatever. Uh, they go to a picnic on the beach. And Cynthia Watros, Libby, she's like, uh, I feel like we're on a date that we never got to have. And then he's like, why do you want to be with me? I'm Hurley. And he, she's like, I want to be with you because I like you. And then she kisses him. And then you get to see the flashes of all of Hurley and Libby on the island. And it's so adorable and awesome. It's great. It's awesome. And you're like, yeah. And Hurley's like, eyes get big. He's like, I think I remember. And then you see Desmond in his car watching it. And he puts on his glasses and he drives away. So everybody's starting – the whole thing is to wake everybody up, I guess. Then Desmond's sitting outside the, of a school like a creep, like a massive creep. And Dr. Linus comes over and is like, hey, you're being a creep. You can't just sit outside of school. And he's like, well, I'm looking for schools for my kid. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. But he's keeping eyes on Locke. And then after he gets Dr. Linus to go away, Desmond hits the gas and just mows down Locke. <laughs> Hits him in his wheelchair with his car. <laughs> Locke just goes flying in the car. 
<laughs> it shouldn't be funny, but it looks so hysterical because some of it was obviously like a prosthetic, like a, a dummy or something like that. Then there was a stump man. It just looks so goofy for a second. It was hilarious. You see Locke kind of looking up and it's got the same kind of uh, vibe as when he's on the island um, when he first wakes up and realizes his legs can work, but it's not what's happening. And Dr. Light's like, call 911. And that's how the episode ends is, no, it doesn't. That's not how the episode ends, but that's the last bit of the Flash Sideways. I like Flash Sideways more than you on Island. On Island, Hurley's at the grave of Libby. And he's talking, and then uh, Alana comes over and says she's going to Black Rock, which is, you know, four minutes away, because she goes there and back within about half an hour, it seems, like in the show. it's. Then they go there later in the show episode, and it takes no time. Remember in, like, season one? where it took the entirety of the first part of the finale of season one for them to get to the Black Rock. It, you know, it's just, I don't know, the Shrinking Island thing by, bothers me so much on this rewatch. Of like, how quickly they can get everywhere. It used to be such a big deal to go anywhere. Now it's just like, hey, I'm going to the Black Rock. I'll be back in about three minutes. I'm going to go pee. I'm going to go pee on the corpse of, what was his name, Maryfield from last week. I'm going to pee on a skeleton, and I'll be back. Because, you know, it's just right over there. But whatever. Lon's going to go get dynamite so they can blow up the plane. And Hurley's like, I don't think we should be doing that. And she's like, well, we don't have any other ideas. He's like, fair enough. Then he starts hearing whispers. This is one of the only things I really do like about the island. We do get an answer for the whispers. Doesn't 100% make sense with how the whispers always worked in context of the show. But at least they gave us something, I guess. Doesn't 100% make sense, but it's fine. It's not the worst thing. It's like, okay. Doesn't 100% make sense. Uh, doesn't stand up to like really intense scrutiny. But fine. Whatever. At least he gave us something. Um... He starts hearing some whispers, and then, you know, you see, like, the silhouette of somebody. He stands up, and he's like, I think he says, what are you doing here? And the camera turns, and it's Michael. And it's like, I completely forgot Michael showed up in season six. Completely forgot that this happened. I was like, what? I completely forgot Michael's in season six. This is cool. He's like, hey, you're going to get everybody killed. And he's like, people listen to you, Hugo. He's like, you're, you know. And it's like, yeah, so you need to stop them from blowing up that plane. So he's like, okay. Alana comes coming back with four sticks of dynamite from the Black Rock. She's like, oh, yeah. And he was like, I just don't know if we should be doing this. And she's like, I've been charged by Jacob to protect you. And she's getting all passionate about her speech. And then she takes off her bag and she puts it down. And it blows up. And that's the death of Alana. What the F? This was so... One, I laughed so hard. I had forgotten completely how Alana died. I know she died at some point, but I didn't realize this at the beginning of this episode in such a comical way. Like, oh my god. What was her point? What was any of this worth with the Alana stuff and the whole being chosen by Jacob to protect the candidates? Oh my god, this was so stupid. I I laughed so much at it. Like <laughs> she just blows up. And they're all like, oh I'm like, she got the arts treatment at the end. Arts was comedic relief in season one, and that's how he ends up dying is he blows himself up with dynamite as he's lecturing them all about dynamite. And she <laughs> Jeez. Like, they could have done such a better job. Even like it just felt like, oh shoot, we have five episodes left. And we don't know what we're doing with Lana. We just just kill her. Just blow her up. And it's just like, what? I mean, they could have done something with Locke killing. Locke should have been killing her. You know? Like, she tries to protect them from Locke. And this Locke ends up killing her. Because Locke's the bad guy. But no, they just blow her up. Like, Ben Lee has, like, some decent stuff to talk about in this episode. Like I said, the whole... Like the use of the cast is not great. Like right now, Jin can't talk. Lapidus just kind of shakes. I think he all he does is shake his head in this episode. Um, it, it's it's kind of a mess. It's a mess. But whatever, whatever. Uh, Richard wants to go get more dynamite for the Black Rock, and Hurley's like, no, and um, we can't do that. And then he decides, okay, yeah, we can do that. And Jack's like, I promised son we'd get her, get, well, yeah. 
promised them I'd get them off the island with the plane. He's like, I wish you wouldn't have done that, Jack, because I'm going to blow that mf up, son. He's like, okay, whatever. So they traipse off in the jungle, and then uh, at one point, Sin's like, do you think we're doing the right thing in her written language because it's still so fine that she can't speak English? It's season six. Why should she even be speaking at this point? It's only season six, and it's Sun. Why should she be talking at all? Let's give her this stupid gimmick for like three or four episodes. It doesn't really matter at all, and it doesn't play into anything. It's stupid. I hate, I hate what they've done to Sun so much. I hate it. It's like this is where I'm starting to really have some issues, like where I really, really dislike stuff. Like Sun just walking around writing stuff down. Was their budget so like stretched that you know? Because I know when you talk in a uh, episode, they have to pay you so much. Is that why her and Lapidus don't talk? So they don't have to pay him as much or something? Like this is ridiculous. This is so stupid that she has this stupid little thing going on that doesn't do anything for the plot. It doesn't do anything. It's just there for no reason. Oh. Um. <sighs> Whatever, man. It's just bothersome. They get to the Black Rock and like uh they say something about Hurley and uh Jack's like, I thought he was with you to Richard. Because Richard thought he was back there. He's like, yeah, where's Hugo? And he's like, I thought I was with you. All of a sudden, you see Hugo running out of the Black Rock. He's like, get down, get down, get down. And he blows up the Black Rock. That's the end of the ship. The ship has blown up. And Richard is not happy at all. He's not happy with Hugo. And Hugo's like, Jacob told me to do it. And he's like, okay, tell Jacob what... Because he's acting like Jacob's standing there talking to him. He's like, well, t what did Jacob say the island is? He's like, you know... Jacob at one point told me what the island is. Tell me what he said. And he's like, I don't have to prove myself to you, Richard. And Richard's like, he starts saying, he's like, you know what? At the barracks, there is grenades. There is, you know, these things that can disable the plane. He's like, I'm going to do that. Who's coming with me? Ben and Miles go with him. Everybody else stays. Miles, like, I've seen that thing in action. Like, it's like, you know, it's not pretty, man. And they separate. This is where things get stupid. Like, you know, this whole thing of Richard will know what to do. I don't think they do anything the rest of the way. They split off here. Ben eventually does stuff, but I think this is basically it for Richard and Miles in terms of actually doing something. Like, they kind of did something, like setting up Richard's going to do something, and I don't think he does anything. I think they try to do that, and then I think by the time they get to the plane, they're all leaving, so they just get on the plane and they go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm messing with you. I think that's exactly what happens. We'll get there, but I think that's what happens. Is they go there to blow it up, and then they realize everybody's leaving, so they just get on the plane with everybody. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Oh, man. They need to... Uh, whatever. Jeez. I'm having so many more problems later now. It's just... <sighs> the death of Lana was so stupid. It was just so dumb. Just so dumb. So pointless. But Ben was like... Kind of makes you think, you know. Alana was chosen by Jacob. Handpicked by Jacob to protect the candidates. And then once she tells you your purpose, she blows up. It's like kind of makes it's like the island was done with her. Kind of makes you think, and it's like, what's going to happen to us when the island's done with us? It's like, yeah, whatever. God, I hate the Alana thing. I'll check in with Locke though, real quick. Oh my god, I am so frustrated with some of this stuff. It's so stupid. Just thinking about it for half a second, it's like you could have come up with something better than this. <sighs> like uh, one of the reasons they also split up is that Hurley wants to go talk to Locke and nobody like you know a lot of them are worried and that's why Miles and Ben and uh, Richard do not want to do that it's like we cannot go talk to him he's you know he's gonna kill us he's like if he goes everything's over that's what Richard says once we go everything's gone and Miles is like what do you mean he's like everything is gone it goes away so I don't know if all time ceases to exist or just the world ceases to exist we all die I don't know but whatever. Back in the lock camp, Saeed shows up. He's like, oh, I've got the package. And he got uh, Desmond tied to a tree. And Locke's like, okay, I'm going for a stroll. So him and Desmond go walking. They find a well. And he talks about him. He's like, you know, people, you know, he's like, how old do you think this well is? He's like, very old. He's like, exactly right. Very old. I'm like, that's cheating. That's not, that's not, you can't just say very old and say, yep, correct. And it's like, what's that even mean? Like very old to like a four year old is like, oh, you're 12, you're so old, whatever, you know, it's weird. I don't know, I'm not randomly complaining, 
Um, but no, nah, he's like, you know, people dug this by hand. That's how old this is. He's like, this spots all over this island where the, the uh, compasses will spin round and round and round and round. So they were trying to find answers. He's like, Brit- or, uh, Widmore does not want answers. He wants basically to control, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. Then he looks at like uh, Desmond. He's like, why aren't you afraid? And he's like, why would I be afraid? He's like, you're out here alone, jungle. Nobody knows where you are. Why aren't you afraid? And like Desmond is kind of like, <laughs> at him. So he throws him down the well. Desmond gets thrown down the well. He's like, ah, and that's the end. And then he comes back. And he's like, I took care of our problem. Um, Hurley and company are making their way to Locke's camp. And he starts hearing whispers again. And Jack's freaking out. He's like, oh, I think I know what these are. And he walks off. And he's like, you here, Michael, you here. Michael shows up. He's like, and then Hurley's like, the whispers are people who can't let go, right? And he's like, yes. Like, for what I've done, I can't let go. And that's why he's stuck on the island. So people, the whispers are people who are stuck on the island who can't let go and move on. Basically, they're just ghosts in that way. And it's like, like it doesn't stand up to great scrutiny. Like, because, you know, why did Walt show up at the whispers when Walt wasn't dead? Um, the one woman and the other woman, I don't think she was dead at that point or when she died. I'm not sure. Like, so many people showed up at the whispers that aren't ghosts or they're still alive or they were associated with the others like i don't know it just doesn't 100 percent make a lot of sense at least they gave us something to go off of but it doesn't really work with the lore they've set in place but whatever not gonna go that deep into it it was really cool to see michael and michael's like you know if you do get to see libby again tell her i'm really sorry and harley's got like some tear face him and jack do have a good conversation here i liked a lot he's like by the way i didn't see jacob and jack's like i know and he's like, basically, Jack's like, you know, it's like, it's really hard for me to like, let go and let people tell me what to do. And like, I feel like, you know, ever since Juliet died, I've been trying to fix it. And like, you know, I can't fix it. I can't always fix it, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just really good Jack stuff. And Hurley's like, but, you know, maybe you letting go is the reason we all die. And he's like, Hurley, I trust you. You know, it's like, you've asked me to trust you. I trust you. It's just a good little scene for Hurley and Jack there. They show up at Jack or Locke's camp, and uh, Hurley's like, yo, man, don't kill us. We're going to have a nice, peaceful conversation, so don't do that. He's like, all right, no problem, player. So out comes everybody else. Because then earlier in the episode, Locke's like, we need to get all the candidates together because you guys came back as one. We have to leave as one. Uh, it's all bullshit. He's got to kill them all. Um, and he's like, we got to get Jack. uh Hurley and son, we have to get them before we can leave. He's like, that's fat chance. And then they just come strolling into the camp. This is the first time Jack gets to see Locke. And nice little shot the way they get up to Locke and then they come back to Jack and Jack's complete disbelief about the whole thing. And lost. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Tough to rate. There's stuff I like about this episode. I like the flash sideways a lot. Like I said, there's issues with what it ends up being and all that, but I think it's fun to watch it. Uh, the hystericalness of Desmond running over Locke. It was, it was hysterical. It was, uh, God, I never laughed so hard. I hardly laughed as hard in my life. Um, I like the moments, like in the whole, like I said, the emotional manipulation of the flashes whenever, you know, Libby and Hurley kiss and you got to see those moments they had on the show in season two. And you're like, Oh, I remember season two. It's been emotionally manipulative, but I like it. I like it. Whatever. I'm a, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a sentimental bastard. Um, I like it for the most part. Like it's fun. Uh, the on Island stuff. I like Hurley being in charge. I like La- or Jack talking about like letting go and not having to be in charge and learning to, let others do things. He doesn't have to fix everything all the time. He doesn't have to be, because he says it, which mirrors the very beginning of the uh, season where he's like, maybe I, I need to learn to let go. And the very beginning of the season, Rose on the plane is like, you can let go now. So that's the whole key for Jack is letting go. Just let go, Jack. Just let go. That's the whole point. Just let go, Jack. And it's beautiful when he does. Um, But as hysterical as even more funny than Locke getting run over by Desmond is the death of Alana. How funny it is. It is so stupid. It is so stupid that we wasted time on her. Just 
what was the point of any of it? I didn't need to know because where she ended up, I didn't need to know her freaking backstory. She could have just we didn't need to see the flashbacks of her being met by Jacob when she's covered in burns or whatever in the hospital. We don't need to know anything about that. She could have say, "I'm here because Jacob wants me here," and that would have been just as fine. That would have been just as satisfying as actually been more satisfying because why did she have burns on her face? Did Jacob heal her? What happened? Did, was she burned in a electromagnetic thing? Was she kind of what they were testing that one dude out the, before they had it on tested on Desmond? Was she a victim of that? What's happening there? Like, you know, why is she supposed to protect him? Uh, no, they gave her just a little bit of backstory to kind of get you intrigued on her. And then they did this to her. It's so bad. Um, and like I said, I don't think Richard and Miles do anything else the rest of the season at all. I don't think they do one freaking thing. I think this is, they basically traipse off, they go get stuff, and then they just, you know, end up realizing, oh, that's not our plan. It just does not come together. Like, I talked about it when I talked about season four finale, about how well everything comes together in that finale. Season six, the last few episodes, is the exact opposite of that. Some of it does, but there's a lot of like of the kind of other pieces that just do not fall into place. And it is sloppy, and it is just kind of a mess by the end. Um, I don't know. I give Everybody Loves Hugo a C, C+. Plus. Like, if you could... Like I said, all you have to do is not have... I mean, have Hurley with a different plan, Jack and on that plan, but then Locke is, you know, talked about he needs to get them all together. Maybe Locke figures out a way he knows where they're at, so he goes to try to get them, and Alana's like, you know, you know, you know, I'm here because Jacob tells me to protect you, I can protect you, and then Locke is still able to kill her. Just something better than what you got with that. And then just some sort of idea with what you were doing. It's just like, almost like they were writing for 23 episodes, and then they got to this point and they realized, oh, shoot, we're actually only doing 16 episodes this season. We need to cut so much stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know what is going on, man. It's just some, like, they played up some stuff earlier in the season, like Richard being super important to everything. Um, they even kind of had this thing with Miles and, like, Hurley, the way they interact with dead people and stuff like that. Like, <sighs> Lapidus just shakes his head. <sighs> Like, Lapidus is literally only around just to fly the plane. But they're not getting... Just whatever, man. Mm. This was not great. This, Like I said, this was a C. I'll just give this a C. It's not the worst thing imaginable. There's still enough good stuff. Like I said, even though the Whisper's answer doesn't really hold up to scrutiny, it's nice to have gotten a straightforward answer. You know what I mean? Like, the show sometimes kind of... Uh, because, you know, at the beginning, they do this. It drives me up the wall. Um, Hurley's talking to Michael. And then Jack comes walking up. He's like, who are you talking to? And then Hurley's like, no one. Like, you just can't tell. I was talking to Michael. And like, just, you know, it just would be more satisfying. It's like, oh, I was talking to Michael. And Jack's like, what? Or, I don't know, just done something. But yeah, no one. It's like, <sighs> well, I don't know. <sighs> was there other cool people in this episode? I can't remember. I mean, you got Bruce Davis is showing back up. You got Hurley's mom. I don't think we get any Cheech. Not Cheech. Yeah, we don't get any Cheech in season six, do we? Let's see. I don't think we do. That's not what I wanted. Come on. Yeah. No David Reyes. No Hurley's dad in the final season. That kind of actually makes me mad. Um, mm. I was happy to see Harold Perino. Uh, Perino. How do you say his last name? Boyd. From. 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 Huh. I don't know, man. We got a few more episodes left. Um, man, C. It's got to be a C. I don't think I can go lower than that. 
But the fact that Sun doesn't talk like at this point is just so stupid about how much they have wasted the potential they created with her character in early season five. I feel like I've talked about this for like three or four straight weeks about how much they have wasted her. Like they set her up so well and then they just wasted her. And now she doesn't even talk. She doesn't have to talk. She's just that useless because they probably got sick of just writing down for her. Say, I'm looking for my husband. I'm looking for Jen. I'm looking for my husband. I think they just got tired of writing that. Say, hey, you know what? You just don't talk anymore. You know? <sighs> Whatever, man. Whatever. It was cool to see Sam Levine, though. So one really good episode. One very frustrating episode of Lost Tonight. All right. That should be the it. I think we got we had the last recruit, the last recruit, and the candidate. Um, I don't know. I don't think these episodes focus on anybody. I think we start getting more into the flash sideways of just uh, Desmond doing his thing, and then on island it gets to uh, Locke trying to pull off his plan. Um, and then I think we have some Desmond stuff as well, like the Desmond kind of thing. Which I'll get to about probably how much I don't like that either. But whatever. I'm trying not to be negative. I'm trying not to be. But there's issues here, man. <laughs> there's some major issues. And it's just, I don't know. A team, the show that took us time so well, they've really just decided to go full throttle here. Like season four made sense because they had like 12 episodes or whatever. Here they like, decided to take their time to the point they realized we don't have any more time. And we're like, we have like 10 episodes of storytelling left to do. And we have like five episodes left. So I don't know, whatever that's lost. That's lost for this week, but cool, whatever. But other than that, like I said, um, I'm working on some stuff here for future podcast stuff. Um, I'm still working on myself. Um, I'm still working on other things. Maybe I'll get that movie thing down. Maybe I'll talk to Jake about it, see if I can get Marta to do the rock episode with me. Maybe I'll make that a YouTube thing. I don't know. I don't know anything. I think about stuff and I forget about it because I'm trying to think of when I would upload it. Make sure it's, you know, views are maximized. Maximize those views, bro. Maximize those listens, dog. Don't know why I say stuff that I do, but whatever, man. Anyways, that should be it for me. This has been Monster 8 the Pilot, the podcast that's hosted by me, Brandon. This has been Monday in the Music Room. It's been a wild episode. Um, I want to thank you so much for listening and understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you heard, spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster 8 the Pilot. Watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. And then, uh, you know, make sure if you want to be on the show, let me know. If you got the questions or answers, you just hit me up and say, yo, dog, I got questions and answers. Um, yeah, I'll be back Thursday with Sports Talk. A reminder, I will not be, there will not be an episode next Monday due to Christmas. I, you know, just not going to be doing one. Um, so deal with it. So two weeks, we'll be back with Monday in the music room for New Year's, I guess. Right? New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I don't know. Yeah, you can ring in the New Year's with Monster Eight the Pilot. It's going to be great, right? No. Who cares? Anyways, thank you so much once again. Uh, peace out, Girl Scout, 10-4, Daddy-O. Let's get the hell on out of here.